Hello and welcome everybody. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. Boy, do I have a story for you guys today. You know, if you are the type of person that procrastinates, drags your feet, does not want to do challenging things, well, that may be working against you. And I'll share with you why. There's a lot of great research that's coming out. It may even shorten your life. On the flip side, doing challenging things may improve your lifespan. So today we're going to dive into neuroscience and some of the research being discovered. I came across a short yesterday from one of my favorite creators, Andrew Huberman. I've been watching his stuff for a while. He's been on Joe Rogan as well, our all-time favorite Joe Rogan. And he's got a lot of great things to say. Fascinating dude. But in the short, he talks about a area of the brain that's not so well known. We don't really talk about it too often, and we're going to dive into it today. Welcome to the channel. My name is Mike. Every week I discuss topics I care about. Hopefully you find them of value as well. So we are talking the anterior mid-cingulate cortex. What a mouthful. It's nestled within the cingulate cortex plays a pivotal role in our emotional and cognitive landscapes. Think of it this way. Imagine it as the orchestra conductor of your brain, seamlessly integrating feelings with thoughts and guiding your responses to pain and stress. But what's truly intriguing is how this tiny region influences our will to live, our grit, our determination, the very spirit for resiliency, especially for life's hurdles. So recent research using tools like functional MRI and PET scans have shown a light on the AMCC and its complex nature. It's not just about processing pain or making decisions. It's about how we process pain emotionally and how our decisions are tied to our deepest motivations and fears. It's truly fascinating, but what makes me wonder, why do only a few people exhibit these heightened traits linked to the AMCC? You know, some people can take a lot of pain, they go through a lot of struggle, but they make it look easy, they come out the other end stronger. In comparison, there are others that can't really handle it and struggle and bitch and complain. That's, that's some of the most simple tasks throughout their day. It's really curious. Truly a great question, but it seems that the structure and activity in this part of the brain vary greatly among individuals. Of course, genetics, early life experiences, and even our daily interactions can shape the development and size of this. So, for instance, Facing stress or trauma early in life can lead to structural changes in this part of the brain, which can also influence how we handle stress and make decisions later on in life. It's like our life experiences when we were young, but it can also happen later on in life too. So all throughout our lives, it's being shaped. And that's a better way to, uh, to really look at it is that 
it's shaped and sculpted at a young age, yes. But it doesn't mean that it can remain in a very specific size or function all throughout your life. Like you can kind of affect it in positive ways and in negative ways. And this is what's interesting about um, what was said in this particular short. I love shorts because it gets great ideas across in one minute or less. Great pieces of content that don't really require long form um, and at least can give you a brief, uh, some brief insight to go do more research if you want to. So it's clear that this cingulate cortex is more than just another part of the brain. It's a beacon of our emotional and cognitive capabilities, a linchpin in our psychological makeup. And as we continue to unravel its mysteries, we edge closer to unlocking new realms of mental health treatment, resilience training, and perhaps even understanding the essence of our will to live, the very spirit that drives us. So here's what's so interesting about what Huberman said in this one-minute clip, and it sums up everything. For people that don't typically challenge themselves, don't want to take on um, difficult tasks, they typically will have this area of the brain to be smaller in size. That is what is shown through the data and the research. People that have um, poor diets, obesity, don't exercise, not a whole lot of movement, things of that nature. And generally speaking, people that uh, just don't want to do anything that's tough, smaller in size. When they compared it to individuals that are, let's say, uh, athletes who have substantially larger sized um, cingulate cortexes, it uh, became, you know, a little clearer. The picture became clear. Then they looked at uh, individuals that constantly challenge themselves, always in a difficult place, do not stray from discomfort. Um, theirs were particularly larger and in later ages, people above 50, 60 years old who also exhibited these things, uh, the, these types of behaviors to do difficult tasks and challenges day in and day out, theirs were also large, but they stayed that particular size and they also showed that they can live longer. Now, I see a correlation here that was hard to ignore. People that retire retirees sometimes die within a year of doing so. And that's kind of alarming. If they're healthy people, you know, why would that happen? If they're unhealthy people, you know, maybe that's understandable, but this is an area of understanding that has not, um, has not really been evaluated. It hasn't been looked at closely. And I feel like it should be. Those who are healthy that retire don't have hobbies, don't do anything challenging anymore. All their children are grown. They don't have anything that particularly um, gets them excited in the morning to go do something difficult or tough. Well, that means this cingulate cortex 
might be shrinking in size. Let's flip that and say an individual who is got disease, who just retired, they're sick, they have diabetes, or they have you know high blood pressure, whatever it may be, but also don't do anything challenging after retirement. Maybe they just sit around and watch television for 12 hours a day. Well, the size of that cortex not only started out small, but might be shrinking at a rapid pace as well when you combine all of those factors. Either way, it's a question of could that have something to do with the will to live or the lack of and this all sparked interest in me because I saw, I felt these experiences uh, when I was taking psilocybin mushrooms for various reasons. I still take them, much smaller doses, but from 2017 to 2021, I was taking large doses very frequently, multiple times a week, and it really rose a lot of things from deep down to help me understand better. And one of the things that I can say has similarities to this particular research is the understanding I got that I must do difficult things if I want to succeed in life. Back then, I struggled for the first time ever in my life. I struggled with this identity crisis, like just beginning to see that perhaps all these ideas of who I was were not necessarily the case. And if they weren't the case, that became, that was quite frightening. But it, it inevitably led to a broader question. Well, if I'm not this person that I thought I was, then what now? And what surfaced after that was a great question. Well, who the fuck do you want to be then? Now that you can start fresh, you can construct yourself ground up, but you must decide what are your boundaries, what are your morals, what are your principles. And as I laid that foundation, one of the things that stood out the most was living in discomfort, doing difficult things, never shying away, overcoming them to become stronger, continuously doing that every single day, no matter what, and through it all, it led me to this bit of research to see that, wow, there's science behind this. I learned this on my own through just eating mushrooms, reflecting and thinking and feeling, which led me to begin understanding. So moral of the story, folks, challenge yourself. It won't kill you. It'll only make you stronger. Do difficult things every day. Whenever you have this thought in your head about like, oh, I got to do this, and then another thought that creeps in there that says, oh, well, maybe later. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do it later. Strike that shit out of your head. Get up. Get your ass up and do it right now. You'll thank me later. It might even save your life. It's incredible stuff. The mind has the power to heal all. We've all heard it before, this saying, mind over matter. 
but the physical understanding of it has always eluded us. Like, what does that even mean? Today, this piece of information shows us a sliver of what it means. There may be so much more to come as we continue digging into neuroscience and brain imaging. So what other mysteries do our brains hold? Perhaps someday we'll find out. What do you guys think? Leave them down below. 